Hey everyone, it is day two of our fast from wrong thinking, and today we are fasting from the thought that says, I feel powerless. There's some really, really great content in today's email, so I hope you're getting them. If not, you can check out fastfromwrongthinking.com, drop your name and email there, and you are good to go. Today on the podcast, we've got a mashup of some content from Gregory Dickow, all focused on unlocking the power inside of you. We're fasting from that thought that says, I feel powerless. So here's a bunch of content that's really going to help you understand to realize the power that you have right now. Hope you enjoy. You have the authority to speak to your body and command it to be healed. You have the authority to speak to your financial situation and command abundance. You have the right to bind the forces of darkness that are holding people back from the kingdom of God. You have that authority and you need to start using that authority because you have the same right to do it as I do. In Hebrews 10:19, look at what he says. He says, but we have boldness. Therefore, we have confidence to enter the holy place. What gives us confidence? The blood of Jesus. We have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Why do we have confidence? Because we prayed long enough? No, because we prayed strong enough? Because we were holy enough? So why aren't we going to God? about everything. Why are we putting on Facebook? Hey, could all my Facebook friends pray for me? You don't need your Facebook friends to pray for you. Pray for yourself. Go to God and get what you need because we can boldly come to the throne of his grace, obtain mercy and grace in our time of need. We don't need to storm heaven with an army of intercessors. We have one who intercedes for us, one who stands in the gap for us, one who brings us to God and bridges us to God. So there's never, ever a separation again. You got to get a hold of the fact that you have the right. You have right standing with God and you have the right to go to God and you have the rights as sons and daughters of God. And your mistakes don't disqualify you and your sins don't disqualify you and your weaknesses don't disqualify you. So stop feeling insecure because there is no gap anymore between you and God, between you and who God says you are. Okay, because we enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Jesus is both king and he's the he's the high priest and he and he's made us kings and priests. We can go before God anytime to the throne of grace. We can receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. We can go and we can pray for people. We can go and ask God to 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 move things, change things, impact things. We can ask him for anything. He'll give us his spirit. He'll give us what is good. He'll give us whatever we ask for according to his promises. I mean, we can just go before our king. Priests don't have to have somebody go on their behalf. Priests get to go right to the right to God. You get you can go right to God about anything, anytime, man, somebody ought to be excited about that. You don't have to cross your T's and dot all your I's. You don't have to qualify. Jesus has qualified you and he's made you this. This is what you are. Now we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We have been given a seat of authority and a seat of of equality with Jesus, in a sense. God is definitely in heaven, but we're seated with him in the spiritual realm in heavenly places, which is not we're not seated in heaven yet, but we're seated with him in heavenly places, which means that we're seated in a position of heaven's authority 
backing us up. That's why Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He doesn't say whatsoever heaven binds, you should go ahead and bind. And whatsoever heaven looses, you should go ahead and loose. He says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. The facts of life validate beyond any doubt that heaven permits what people permit. If you permit yourself to cross the street in the middle of traffic and not worry about whether you get hit or not, and then you get hit and you go and be with Jesus and you're like, Lord, why didn't you save me? He said, I. That's on you, bro. I permit what you permit. I forbid what you forbid. See, if Christians got a hold of their authority and they truly grabbed a hold of the fact that heaven will back you up, we'd pray with power. We'd speak with authority. We'd sing with joy. We would laugh in life. The only thing you don't have authority over is somebody else. You don't have the responsibility to control anybody else's life except yours. You don't have the responsibility or the authority to be over somebody else. We're not better than anybody else. We don't have dominion over people. We have dominion over things. We have dominion over our attitudes. We have dominion over our our our, our fears and our challenges and our and, and our spiritual and emotional enemies, but not people. It's not people that we're trying to exert authority over. It's over things, it's over it's over our mind, it's over our emotions, it's over demons that are trying to lie to us and rob us of the of the goodness of God and rob us of uh, of our understanding of of who we are and where we're seated, where we're located. Whatever somebody did to you is not what determines the outcome of your life, but how we respond to what people do to us is what determines the outcome of our life. We have so much power at our disposal. When we're dealing with trials, we can rejoice. When we're dealing with anxiety, we can pray. When we're dealing with depression, we can fill up on God's love. When we're dealing with anger, we can pause and be and listen to what God has to tell us. And we can take our we can catch our breath and be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. When sickness comes, we can go to the Bible and we can say, wait, my God, so shall supply all my needs. He'll he'll supply the need for healing. He'll provide for everything in my life. When you're suffering, you have to ask yourself, what is the mistaken belief? What is the wrong belief that you have that is causing the suffering? Because the pain is one thing, but what you believe about it is where the power is. So I've had pain in my life, but I believe that Jesus provides healing no matter what the pain is. It might be physical. It might be emotional. It might be financial, mental. Whatever the pain is, there's more healing than there is pain. God always provides more than enough to deal with whatever you're facing. And it's your attitude and it's your perspective that you have that determines the outcome of your life. Like we need to shift our perspective from what we don't have to what we do have. There are a lot of people that just give up because they accept a mentality that, well, whatever was done to me, that's my, that's that's my life. And you don't realize how powerful you are. We're not we're not in bondage to anybody. You're not in bondage to anybody. Don't give anybody the power over your life by thinking that they determine whether you're happy. Well, if this person will open the door for me, I know that God will look, God will open the doors that no man can close. Don't worry about 
Don't worry about somebody else. Love people. Trust God. Stop trusting people. Stop depending on people. Stop being in bondage to people. Stop believing people's promises. I'm going to tell you something. People are going to make promises to you left and right. Stop believing in people's promises and start believing in God's promises. You know, it's easier for us sometimes. It's easier for us sometimes to believe people's promises. And then we then God says, I'll meet all your needs. And like, oh, yeah, right. But you'll believe somebody that never keeps their promise. Made of flesh and bones. And yet God, who cannot lie, he's made promises to you. And you're questioning his promises. Let me tell you something. God's watching over his word to perform it. He will carry out his promise if you will just believe. Just stand and just outlast the enemy, outlast the doubt, outlast the fear, outlast the anxiety, the worry. Just hang in there. Stand. Just keep coming to church. Just keep occupying. Just keep bringing your presence into God's presence. Just keep believing God. Just keep tithing. Just keep serving. Just keep trusting. Just keep praising anyway. When you feel good, when you feel like praising, when you feel like praising, go ahead and praise him. But when you don't feel like praising, praise him anyway. When you feel like thanking God, thank him. When you don't feel like thanking God, thank him anyway. When you feel like sharing your faith, share it. But when you don't feel like sharing your faith, share it anyway. When you feel like coming to church, come. But when you don't feel like coming to church, come anyway. When you feel like forgiving somebody, when you feel like forgiving somebody, forgive them. But when you don't feel like forgiving somebody, forgive them anyway. When you feel like loving somebody, love them. When you don't feel like loving somebody, love them anyway. When you feel like serving, serve. When you don't feel like serving, serve anyway. I'm going to tell you something, because God is in consistency. God gets involved when somebody just hangs in there and believes. And no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter what it looks like, you're going to worship him anyway. And whether you can feel him or not, you're going to thank him anyway. Whether you see it or not, you're going to believe anyway. Whether you whether you feel happy or not, you're going to rejoice anyway. Whether you feel love or not, you're going to love people anyway. Let me tell you something. God is in that. God is in your faith. Faith believes against all hope. He who comes to God must believe that he is. He who comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And that simply means those who focus on him and trust him and they don't seek any other source except God's promises. You are in charge of your life. I want you to say that I'm in charge of my life. Say it again. I'm in charge of my life. Now, this mentality and mindset is being robbed right out of the church in the name of God's sovereignty. He's sovereign over everything until he gives you sovereignty over some things and he limits his own sovereignty. In other words, it isn't if you think God is in control of everything, then you've got a warped idea of what kind of God would let what's happening in our world happen. Every person is in charge of their own life. Now, that doesn't mean that you can control everything. Being in charge of your life is not being a control freak. It means being in charge of your life.
I'm in charge of my attitude. I'm in charge of my mind, what goes into my mind. I'm in charge of what what emotions I allow to influence me. I'm not I'm not in charge of what emotions I have. However, I'm in charge of what which ones I allow to influence me and to what degree. And then I feed my emotions with a with a consistent pattern of thinking that eventually leads to a consistent pattern of feeling. You can eventually master your emotions, even though some of them are very stubborn, as you well know, as we all well know. Right. But but ultimately, you can harness your emotions to work for you and to go in the right direction. This is what the devil doesn't want you to think that that. No, you're not in charge of your life. You're you're a victim of whatever happens to you. Oh, no, you're not in charge of your life. You're a byproduct of the DNA of your parents. Oh, you're not in charge of your life. You're just you know, God's in charge of everything. So then God decided what you ate today. He's not like that. He gives us responsibility. He gives us authority. Let's not over spiritualize it. That's why I'm calling it soul warfare, because we buy into these mindsets and these mentalities that somehow God is in control of everything in our lives when really he's given us words to speak. He's given us promises to pray. He's said, ask and it'll be given to you. He doesn't say it'll be given to you without you asking. He says, ask and it will be given to you. So you're in charge of what you ask for. Now. Now, this is how good God is. He'll do Ephesians 320 says he'll do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. But we've got to do some thinking and we've got to do some asking if we want God to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or think. He doesn't say he'll do above and beyond all that you don't ask and don't think. No, it's all that you ask or think. So we're in charge of what we ask and we're in charge of what we think. Then God's in charge of keeping his promise to do exceeding abundantly beyond what we ask or think. You see, you got to give God something to work with when you want God actively involved in your life. You know, this will really bring stability in your life when you know that you're in charge of your life. You know how? Because knowing that you're responsible for your life forces you to stop blaming others for your life. Doesn't mean that other people didn't fail you and didn't do bad things to you. It's true. They must. They did. We've all had that done to us and we've all done that to others. But that does not control our lives. What we think, what we feel and what we choose controls our life. And we have power over what we think and we're learning to get power over what we feel. And we have complete authority over the choices that we make. Choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day life and blessing or death and cursing life and prosperity or death and adversity in the Bible. It's very clear. God gives us the power to choose. And that freedom is the ultimate greatest freedom that every one of us has. The freedom of choice, death and life are in the power. The word is authority, the power of the tongue. There are Christian people, they, they're saved, but they just would rather blame everything on God and attribute everything to God because they think that gives God glory. What gives God glory is you being who you who he created you to be and you operating in the in the realm that you were created to operate in. That gives God glory. 
not you saying, well, you know, why didn't God do anything? Because God gave you a tongue. God gave you authority. God gave you jurisdiction. God gave you the promises. God gave you the sword of the spirit, death and life. Hey, he's not saying if, if you speak death over somebody long enough, they'll eventually die. They have authority over their life. You don't have authority over their life. He's not he's not he's really not using that word in a negative light. He's using it in a positive life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why Jesus cursed the fig tree and said, may no one eat from you again. And it withered up because that was him using his words to bring death to something that wasn't bearing fruit and then bringing life. When Ezekiel prophesied to the dry bones, he brought life to those dry bones. You can bring death to this to the sickness in your life by speaking to it and commanding it to die, command every cancer cell in this body to die. That's that's death and life. In the, and I command healing to flow. That's life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Some things we're supposed to kill with our tongue, like fear, like worry, like anxiety, like sickness, whatever is under your jurisdiction, serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. He has given you that authority. Some Christians get afraid of that. Oh, I, I'd rather God do it. He, he he'd rather you do it. And if you don't do it, he's not doing it. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It feels safer to say that God's in charge of everything in your life to, to, to default to this. God is in control of everything. It feels safer that way because then you can explain everything that ever happens in life as well. God must have a bigger picture, must have a bigger reason for making that happen or allowing that to happen. But really, we allow so many things to happen and we blame it on God. And we're not exercising our authority and then we're blaming it on God or we're blaming it on the devil when God's given us authority over the devil. Well, you know, the devil just got the best of me. Well, you don't have to let him get the best of you. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we don't have to let the devil get the best of us. We have to see what I'm trying to do is equip you as for the last few months, trying to equip you with the right concept of God, really understanding God's nature and now understanding your seat, your position. Sit with me. It's an invitation of a lifetime. We want God wants you to enjoy his fellowship and enjoy this relationship and sit with him. Sitting with Jesus is a place of authority. It's a place of ruling and reigning with Christ. Angels did not come to resist the devil. Jesus had to resist the devil for himself. The angels did not come to speak God's word. Jesus had to speak God's word himself. Angels do not come to resist the devil for you. You must resist him with the word of God. Angels do not come to fight your battles for you. You have been given the tools to fight your battles. Jesus spoke to the devil and he told us that we have the same power and the same authority to speak to the devil. And, and the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You got power. You should be happy going into this year. And no, man, you got authority. You can speak to the devil and command him to leave and he will leave and angels will come. I don't want to give you theology. I want to give you the power. Well, I don't want to give you the power. I want to help you discover the power you already have. I can't give it to you. You already have it. I'm just here to announce it to you. Hey, you got power. What kind of power do you have? 
Well, in Second Timothy one seven, you've got power, love and a sound mind. What kind of power you have in John chapter 20? You have the power to forgive. What kind of power do you have? Well, in um, uh, Psalm chapter 24, verse 16, you have the power to get up when you've fallen. What kind of power do you have? Well, you got the power of the Holy Spirit. What kind of power do you have? You got the power to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. What kind of power do you have? You got the power to smile when you don't feel like smiling. What kind of power do you have? You got the power to worship when you don't feel like worshiping. What kind of power you have? You got the power to believe when all things look like they're coming against you. You have the power to believe God's promises no matter how it looks. That's power, baby. The moment that I want to take you to is called the transfiguration. It's when Jesus takes Peter, James and John to this mountain and there he's he's transfigured in front of them and they and they see his white. His face is white uh, and it's just a miracle happens. So let's look at it. he goes up to the high mountain with Peter, James and John, verse one, verse two. And he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. And Peter answered and said, Jesus said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadows them and behold, a voice out of the clouds said three things. And I want to zero in on these. The voice out of the clouds said three things. This is my beloved son talking about Jesus, because Peter's saying Moses and Elijah and Jesus, you guys are all the same. You guys are all prophets. But no, God interrupts him from heaven and says, no, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So three things that God identifies about Jesus. He says, number one, this is my beloved son. This is Jesus Christ's identity. God doesn't treat him as uh, a stranger. He's his son. He's his son. He's his son. He's his son. This is my son. That's his identity in whom I'm well pleased. That's his affirmation. Jesus, the father says about Jesus, I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with him. I want Peter. You, I want you to hear this. James and John, you guys need to hear this. I am pleased with my son, Jesus. Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet, but God says I'm pleased with him. I am well pleased with him. And then the third thing he says, that's his affirmation. And the third thing that God says is listen to him. That's Jesus authority. Listen to him. He's commanding everybody around him to listen to him. He's commanding everything around him to listen to him. Why is this so important? Here's why these three things are important. What are these three things? Identity, number one, affirmation, number two and authority, number three. Why are these three things so important to you and I as believers? Identity, affirmation and authority. Well, first of all, you, you will not be able to walk in your authority until you understand your identity and until you feel affirmed the affirmation of God. Then you'll walk in your authority. But here's what I want you to see. First John, chapter four. Watch this now. He says in verse let's start in verse 17. By this love is perfected with us that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because here it is, because as he is, as he is, so also are we 
Now, first of all, who's he talking about here as he is talking about Jesus, right? The whole chapter is talking about Jesus and the love of God through Jesus Christ. So he's clearly the, the subject here is Jesus. The person here is Jesus, because as he is capital H, as he is, that's Jesus, as he is. So are we who's we us. So are we. And then the next part, when we get to heaven. OK, let's move on. Let's go to the next verse. Should we go to the next verse? Is that what it says? Because as he is, so are we when we are sinless. So are we when we die. So are we at the day of judgment. No, we'll have confidence in the day of judgment. But as he is, so are we where in this world as he is, so are we in this world. Well, what does what are those three things that define what Jesus is? He is he has his identity as a son. He's a son. That's his identity. He's affirmed that his he's, God says, I'm well pleased with him. That's his affirmation and approval. And then and then God says, listen to him. That's his authority. And guess what? As he is, so are we. What is he? He's a son. So we're sons and daughters in him, right? And what does God say about him as far as affirmation and approval? I am well pleased with him. Listen, you might think some days I'm pleasing to God and some days I'm not. What pleases God is you believing on his son. The Bible says without that, it's impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God without faith in the son. Simply believing that Jesus is the son of God, simply believing that Jesus died for your sins, simply believing, simply believing that Jesus did it all. Is well pleasing to God. You don't have to perform. You don't have to cross all your T's and dot all your I's in order to have God's affirmation. And once you understand your identity, you're a son or daughter of God, your affirmation. He is well pleased with you right now. Then you can walk in your authority and God commands all of this world to listen to you. When you go back in that verse in Matthew 17, verse five or six, wherever that is, he says he announces God announces. From the cloud and everything within the sound of his voice, he says, listen to him, listen to him. And as he is, so are we. So guess what? God has announced to the devil. God has announced to the mountain. God has announced to the sickness. God has announced to the cancer. God has announced to depression. God has announced to anxiety. God has announced to fear. God has announced to all the demons in this world. Listen to them. Listen to them. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. So guess what? Everything in this world has to listen to you. You have authority. So in order for it to listen to you, guess what you got to do? Speak up. Stop taking it and start speaking up and saying to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and speaking to that sickness. I command you to go and prophesying to those dry bones. I command life to come back in you. 
and everything has been told and commanded by God to listen to you. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Hey, remember to check in each day. We're posting content based on the 40 days, 40 thoughts that we're fasting from over the next 40 days. Listen, if you're enjoying this, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of these episodes. They're really, really going to bless you. And also share it with a friend or family member, somebody that you know would really be encouraged by this. And uh, hey, we got more to come tomorrow in day three. Can't wait. Have an awesome day.